Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time for another glorious edition of Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network. It might not sound like it, but I am your humble host, Michael Shibley, always with you, the ace of Tennessee sports podcasting. Little under the weather again, man, it just gotta love this weather in Knoxville. It's up and down, it's up and down, does fun things with my vocal cords, so we're going to get through this. We're going to roll right through it. we got some quick things, of course, we're going to talk about, talking about pro wrestling, some tennis, even some ruling in college sports, which I could get behind. But, of course, we're going to lead off, as we should, with the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54. The NFL celebrating their 100th anniversary of being the NFL, which was just great to see. The whole thing was just a wonderful presentation. I loved everything about the Super Bowl, except as a 49ers fan, the fact that the Niners lost to the Chiefs 31-20, to giving the Kansas City Chiefs only their second Super Bowl title, their first one in 50 years. They hadn't been there since Super Bowl Four, so that's good. And again, I'm happy for Andy Reid, who's been such a winning coach and just never been able to get to the mountaintop, finally able to do it, so I'm happy for him. But of course, bummed out for my 49ers who had the lead by 10 points. They were up 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter. And I told Mrs. Shibbles, who was watching the game with me, I said, it's nowhere near enough. This lead is not safe at all. And it wasn't because, again, Patrick Mahomes, the MVP of the game and the MVP last year in the league, just was too much. He is just amazing. He's a great quarterback. We'll get into him here in a sec. But again, let me just talk about the whole presentation. I loved, you know, the the whole thing, the honoring the the cent- the all century team, the greatest hundred players. They had them as m- all of them that were living pretty much were all there, which was great to see. Including, you know, Peyton Manning was there. Of course, they talked about like Doug Atkins and Reggie White, to also Vols who were there. So that was awesome to see. The kid, like, running across the country with the football and then coming into the stadium I thought was really good. Demi Lovato with the National Anthem I thought was amazing. Uh, I had it with the under two minutes, so I won that bet. I was very happy about that. You also had, I thought the halftime show was great. Shakira and J-Lo I thought were amazing. At 43 years old for Shakira and J-Lo at 50, I thought was just fantastic. They were amazing, just and the whole presentation, the dancing, it was a very Miami type of performance. Of course, you got some people who were upset about certain, you know, dance moves and the way they were dressed. Honestly, I think most people who were upset about that just uh, upset that at 43 and 50, JLo and Shakira have better bodies than they do. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Hell, they got better bodies than I do at this point. So we'll see where all that turns out. But the game itself was really good. It got out of hand there at the end because the Kansas City Chiefs got one last touchdown right at the end. But really, Patrick Mahomes, apparently the Chiefs in the postseason just need to fall behind by double digits and they can just come back and win the game because it happened in every one. They fell way behind to the Texans and then they fell behind to the Titans uh, by 10 and then they fell behind by the Niners by 10 going into the fourth quarter. The Chiefs scored 21 straight points in the final 6 minutes and 13 seconds to get the win over the Niners. Again, Mahomes just saying they've never lost faith. And it was just great to see for Kansas City. You had all of these things happening. Of course, the big play was when it looked like Mahomes wasn't 
crisp. He was definitely not crisp in this game, but he was there when he needed to be. He was, you know, short on passes. He was making mistakes, throwing interceptions. And again, credit the 49ers defense for doing a lot of that. But the big play is going to be the third and 15 in the fourth quarter. The second down pass to Tyreek Hill had been ruled incomplete. They reviewed it and it was incomplete. It hit the ground. He trapped it. But then what ended up happening was he rolled out on that third and 15 where if you're going to give the ball back to the 49ers, they might be able to run the ball and just control the clock for the rest of the game. But he got the ball to Tyreek Hill and he was able to get it moment. That gave them the momentum to finish off this game and take the lead, and the Niners were not able to respond, which, you know, was the big thing. That's one of the things that Trey Pack and I talked about last week on Modern Day Gladiators was one of the big things was, can Jimmy Garoppolo, when the chips are down, is he going to be able to rally? Because I didn't have any doubt that Patrick Mahomes was going to be able to do that. But Jimmy Garoppolo just showed that he just had some issues, that he missed you know, Emmanuel Sanders on the long bomb that he had hit through the regular season. We'd seen them hit that play before, so they were not able to do that. You've got some questionable decisions there with the 49ers, with them really not trying, it looked like, to score at the end of the second quarter when they had just under two minutes left and they had all three timeouts and it just seemed like they were running the ball. They finally threw a pass uh, to Kittle, the tight end, but he was called for offensive pass interference. Some people are complaining about that. Honestly, it's a 50-50 call. Really, you extend the arm like that, you're, you should get called for that. That's technically offensive pass interference, so you should call that. Honestly, I thought the game was called very well by the officials. I don't really have any gripes with any of that. So you look at all of that, then you had the Niners also in the fourth quarter they went away, it seemed like, from running the ball, where especially when they still had the lead. I think right after the Chiefs had scored the other touchdown to make it 20-17, uh, to 17, the Niners were still up, and they ran on the first play when they got the ball back, and they got five yards on the running play, and then they tried two passing plays that didn't work. I was like, why not run the ball there? So, again, Kyle Shanahan seems to have a lot to answer for because when he was the offensive coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons a couple of Super Bowls ago, the Patriots got him, and they came all the way back there in the fourth quarter. And then it happens again in this Super Bowl when they've got a 10-point lead and a really, really good defense, and they just weren't able to do it, and they couldn't run the ball very well there. It seemed like they abandoned it. So... It was interesting to see. I really was confused by that. Again, still a 49ers fan. I thought they had a great season. We'll see if they can rally because there's been a lot of seasons, and you've seen this historically. You see a lot of teams who fail to win the Super Bowl. They're the runner-up. They don't get back even to the playoffs in a lot of seasons. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I thought the commercials that they had for the Super Bowl – were really, really good. I loved, of course, the Bill Murray Groundhog Day thing with Jeep. Uh, Mrs. Shibbles loved the uh, the TurboTax commercial with all the crazy dancing. The Old Town Road commercial with Sam Elliott and Little Nas X I thought was really good. I really loved the Tom Brady 
commercial with Hulu because he had posted a photo from the commercial on social media and everybody just was freaking out and saying, oh my God, is Tom Brady staying or leaving? What does this have to do with anything? It was for a commercial for Hulu. Of course, he says he's not going anywhere. We'll wait and see. I'm not going to guess on any of that because who knows? And really, I'm not going to waste any time guessing where Tom Brady's going to end up. If he signs back with the Patriots, great. If he goes somewhere else, we'll talk about that here on Modern Day Gladiators. I'm not going to waste all of our time with that. And another thing I'm not going to waste our time with is this weird thing that it seems like ESPN and some other networks and people have talked about is now where does Patrick Mahomes rate on the greatest of all time list for quarterbacking? Because he's won a Super Bowl and he's done it at... 24, which is great, and I love that he did that. I think he's the new, right now, face. The baton is definitely in the midst of being passed from Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes when it comes to who's the new face of the NFL. I don't see it yet with Lamar Jackson. I don't know about his longevity, and I don't see it yet You know, with Deshaun Watson and some of these other guys. Let's see where it ends up. Yes, he's had one great year, but I'm not putting Mahomes in the Hall of Fame, and I'm not putting him in my top 10 greatest of all time quarterback list. I'm just not doing that. You can't do that. You have to wait on some longevity. Heck, and they're saying, well, he won a Super Bowl. That's great. There's a lot of other quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl who are not on the greatest of all time list, Trent Dilfer being one of them. But then you've got some quarterbacks who are on the greatest of all time list, who I've got ahead of Patrick Mahomes, who haven't won a Super Bowl. Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, they're all on there. And that's the other thing. They talk about, they thought when Dan Marino lost Super Bowl nineteen to the 49ers, he got there in his second season, and everybody's like, hey, this is just the start of something great. They can build on this. Dan Marino never got back to the Super Bowl. So... Just something to keep in mind. Yes, the Chiefs seem to be built for success, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where Kansas City can go from here. I'd love to see if they can build upon that. Hopefully my Niners can maybe win a title around them too, but you can't just forecast, hey, he's going to be the greatest of all time. Tom Brady's going to be a lot to supplant when it comes to that right now. And I mean, you've still got Joe Montana and guys like that who are still there, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. There's a long way to go for Patrick Mahomes. Is he somewhere on the list? Yeah, but I've got him way down there compared to a lot of these people who are just ready to crown him immediately and just build his bust in Canton already for the Hall of Fame. Slow your roll yet on the greatest of all time talk. Just a little bit there on Patrick Mahomes. So, And speaking of the Hall of Fame, they did come out with the full Hall of Fame uh, list, which was great. I thought it was cool a couple of weeks ago when uh, the head of the Hall of Fame committee went and surprised Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cower on uh, CBS and Fox, respectively, for uh, inviting them and saying that they are part of the coaches' Hall of Fame class, which I thought was really, really cool. I thought that was a neat thing to do, so congratulations to them. But they announced the rest of them, and of course, here's what we've got with the committee. Uh... And here's we've got Steve Atwater, safety, mostly for the Denver Broncos, one of the best tacklers I had ever seen when you talk about someone playing the safety position. So that was very, very awesome to see. You've also got like Isaac Bruce, who is a deadly wide receiver, especially for the Rams with that greatest show on turf. 
He was amazing to see. Steve Hutchinson, just one of the great guards of this modern era with the Seahawks and Vikings, and then he spent a year with the Titans, so you had that. Edron James, great running back, really helped Peyton Manning there with that offense, which was amazing as well. Uh, so you've got all these guys. And then, of course, the head of this class has got to be Troy Polamalu, of course, just the playmaking safety that he was. He made plays everywhere. He forced 14 fumbles. Uh, he had 32 interceptions. I mean, he and Reed, so many of these things were just amazing. They were great defensive secondary people in this whole era. So this is really exciting to see. Um, I'm happy for everybody. I, I can't really complain about any of these guys, uh, you know, being included in the Hall of Fame. So that's great to see. It should be a really fun in Canton. Of course, with Troy Polamalu getting in, you'll see the terrible towels waving there in uh, Canton for the Hall of Fame presentation happening over the summer in 2020. Before we get into some of the rest of the things that have been going on in the sports world, I got to thank, of course, our sponsors here on Modern Day Gladiators and the whole Outlander Media Network. We've got to thank Joe Shirt. Man, they've been doing this business for over 30 years right here in Knoxville. You got an idea and you want to put your logo or your brand on a t-shirt, you've got a saying like, I want a greetings and salutations t-shirt. So I'm going to put that definitely on a shirt with Joe's shirt. It's coming here with Modern Day Gladiator, so be ready for that one. Uh, you know, you want a banner, you want pens, you've got something you want to put on a mug. Joe Shirt Deluxe can help you there. Check them out, joeshirt.com. Hit them up for any idea that you've got to expand that brand. They can help you out. They're amazing. We love them here at the Outlander Media family. Also, of course, we've got to thank Otherworldly Coffee. Just amazing coffee. It's liquid cocaine. My sister and her uh, and her husband, my brother-in-law, they both love it. Uh, I got them some for Christmas. They were on over the moon with it, so that's amazing to see from them. You got to check them out, otherworldlycoffee.com. Any products that you've got there, if you use the code OUTLANDER, they can uh, give you 20% off, and that's the friend price because we're your friends here at Outlander Media. And of course, everybody here at Outlander Media, we've got so many amazing things coming here in 2020. Of course, you got to check out all the other great shows, DLC Respawn, which I'm going to be a guest on this Saturday, so check that out when that episode drops. You've also got, of course, Halfel, Deadbeat Radio, Geeks Inherited the Earth, uh, Scared Stupid, and so many other just amazing podcasts and other big events. We've got something with pro wrestling, hopefully in the mix, that I'm going to be a big part of. So we're looking forward to all of that coming to Outlander Media. Check it all out at outlandermedia.net. You can check them out. There's a nice media player. You can listen to all episodes or wherever you listen to your fine podcasts. You can check it out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them. And please, of course, like Give us those five-star reviews. That helps put it out in the algorithm there. Just leave us a review. Five stars. Takes 30 seconds. We would love you forever for doing that. And, of course, the Modern Day Gladiators Facebook and Instagram pages. We post updates and different sports stories there. Check us out. Give us a like there. Follow up on everything that you can. We love you forever, and we thank you for listening here on Modern Day Gladiators. And of course, follow me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. You want to debate me on any of these sports topics, I'm right there. I'll give you my piece. You give me your piece. We'll have a debate like civilized people, because that's how it's supposed to go, not like the rest of the internet, which is insane. So 
There we have it. Moving on real quick. We don't even have time for the Pink Panther thing. My voice is going, so let's just dive right in. This is technically shibbles and bits, but we don't have the music. I don't have time for it. My voice is going to go away. So let's talk. As always, we love to talk about winners here on Modern Day Gladiators. And of course, we had some winners down under in the Australian Open. A first-time winner, Sophia Kennan, an American winning down under. She's the first American without the last name of Williams to win the Australian Open which was amazing to see. She won. She was down love 40 while serving at two all in the third set uh, against uh, Gabrine uh, Magruza, who was a two-time major champion. She was able to get the win. She won. She was the 14th seed. It's her first major final and, of course, the first major career uh, Grand Slam, defeating uh, Magruza uh, 4-6, 6-2, 6-2 at Melbourne Park. It was amazing. Uh, she saved 10 of 12 break points that she faced and uh, converting 5 of 6 that she earned. So that was really good. And again, it's really uh, interesting to see because she had gotten less attention from other Americans when you look at it like 15-year-old Coco Golf, who of course has gotten a lot of great attention. We love seeing that. And of course, Sloane Stevens, who's won the U.S. Open, and Keys, who's been a, a major player on the American Tennessee, and of course the Williams sisters, but they're getting so much older right now. I mean, Serena dropped out the earliest I think she ever has in a long time down under. So we'll see if Sophia Kennan can ride this momentum and have a great uh, tennis season. But congratulations to another great American winning down under there in the Australian Open. And of course, you talk about the greatest of all time list. It's easier with tennis because you got three of them right now. They're all playing. My goodness, but Novak Djokovic got the win. This, is, I believe, is his 17th Grand Slam there on the men's side. He trailed Dominic Thiem in the Australian Open final. You know, the deficit was growing, but he was able to rally and come back. He beat Thiem 6-4, 4-6, 2-6, 6-3, 6-4. That's his 8th Australian Open title, second in a row. And again, 17th Grand Slam trophy. He's behind, you know, Roger Federer has 20, Rafael Nadal has 19. So, again, these guys, which, again, they are some of the greatest of all time. You could put them all in at the same time of how great all of them have been. We'll see where they all end up. I know uh, Djokovic is a little younger than the other two, but we're just got to see, again, if any young men's tennis stars are going to rise up and challenge these guys because it has been a long time. It's been great to watch them play, though. They are amazing. They do great things with that racket and ball. So we'll see where that all ends up. And, of course, we've got a couple of months to wait now until the French Open. It's always weird to see how early the Australian Open is for the first big Grand Slam that you have in tennis compared to then the French uh, and then Wimbledon and then the U.S. Open all seem to happen uh, very quickly back to back to back. So we'll see where all that happens. Meanwhile, some great news out of college when you look at this. I'm all for this. The Big Ten is seems to be leading the way, and I'm all for this. We've talked about this a little bit here on this show, but it talks about the transfer exemptions because we've talked about you transfer schools, but you have to maybe sit out a year or you have to get a hardship waiver, things like that. The Big Ten Conference athletic directors have come out. They're in support of a one-time transfer exemption for all sports, which should, again, allow them to move from one Division One school to another without having to sit out a year or get some type of hardship waiver. 
I'm all for this. I think this would be great. And again, I think because things happen, coaches leave, you get your playing time gets reduced, injuries and weird things happen like this. And again, it wouldn't it and they should you should be allowed to move wherever you want. Coaches can, you offer them money, they're able to move wherever they want. And I think these guys need to move with this just because it gives them the freedom to do this because you only have usually depending on the hardship waivers and things you get, you only have 5 years to play 4 years. So You've got to give these guys a chance because not all of them are going to go pro. Let them enjoy playing sports at the collegiate level and let them get that scholarship and continue the education, which is what the NCAA is supposed to be all about when it comes to student-athletes. So I'm big behind that. Quick Vol report as we go. Tennessee playing against Alabama in Coleman Coliseum, which has been a tough place to play for Tennessee over the years, but they are able to rally back from being down 15, and they come all the way back to beat Alabama 69-68. Tennessee was clutch when they needed to. They snapped the three-game losing streak, which had been a tough one for Tennessee. They had not looked good in these games. They had lost at Kansas which is fine. Kansas is really good, even though they didn't have some of their players because of that brawl. But they played well at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, which, again, very tough place to play. But then Tennessee playing against a Texas A&M and Mississippi State team that are seem to be, at least based on most of the rankings and the statistics, below Tennessee. But Tennessee just got outmuscled and outworked by Texas A&M and Mississippi State losing two games that Tennessee really has better talent and should have won those games. So the fact that Tennessee was able to come back and win at Alabama for the first time since 2014, really good for the Vols, especially because it doesn't get any easier. Because over the weekend, in Thompson Bowling Arena, you know it's going to be electric in there. Kentucky comes calling. The big rivalry game between the Vols and the Wildcats. It's going to be a great atmosphere there. 1 p.m., going to be a great start, I believe, on CBS, so check that one out. And then for Tennessee, coming up this week also against Arkansas and at South Carolina. So again, we'll see if Tennessee, they've been, they're outside the bubble right now. But again, you beat Kentucky, you beat Arkansas, you win against South Carolina, you're right back in the discussion to get back into the NCAA tournament. So Tennessee doing things, Fulkerson was just great. In this game, career-high 22 points. Jordan Bowden looks like he's finally maybe working his way out of the shooting slump he's been on. He had 20. And Eve Pons with a great block right at the end, which was able to pretty much preserve the win. Eve Pons with a great block to stop the Alabama shot. And then he made two free throws to put Tennessee up by four with four and a half seconds left. That sealed the win there for the Big Orange. So we'll see where Tennessee goes. And, of course, we'll follow all of this on modern day gladiators. On the other side, you've of course got the Lady Vols who have had an up and down season when it comes to what's going on, at least right now with the Lady Vols. Of course, they had done well. They won the game against Alabama with the last second shot, which we talked about. But then they were at UConn, lost that game. Then they won against two SEC teams that have kind of fallen down a little bit. You've got LSU and Vanderbilt. Tennessee took care of business in both of those, but then they went to Columbia to take on number one ranked South Carolina and got blowed out 69 to 48. So, you know, Tennessee still ranked 22, still in the top 25, 
but again, they're just needing to get things together, and they're just not there yet against the elite talent of the SEC and the rest of women's college basketball. Hopefully, Kelly Harper can get them there. We'll see as a little bit later this week. Actually, tomorrow, as of this recording, Tennessee has is hosting the number eight Mississippi State Bulldogs, so we'll see where Tennessee can go from there. Upcoming schedule at LSU. They beat them in Thompson Bowling Arena. Let's see if they can win in Baton Rouge. And then you've got another couple of ranked teams in the SEC versus Texas A&M and at Arkansas. So those are the games on the horizon for the Lady Vols. So hopefully things are looking good there. And we're coming close to opening the baseball and softball season for Tennessee, which of course we'll talk about here on Modern Day Gladiators. Meanwhile, moving into the squared circle with everything going on in the world of professional wrestling, AEW continues to keep just the momentum going. Some great matchups there. we finally going to have confirmed for Revolution uh, Chris Jericho versus John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, for the title, which is just going to be great. They're building things. It's going to be really cool. The Wednesday Night Wars, it's been really interesting. It's just kind of been up and down. Both NXT and AEW have been you know, having ratings wins. A lot of it, though, it's interesting. You look at the numbers, it seems like they're just sharing the same about 1.7 million viewers. It just seems like a couple hundred thousand watch AEW one week and then they watch NXT the next. So we'll see if they're going to be able to keep that momentum going. I love what AEW is doing. Meanwhile, the WWE, we talked about it last week, Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble. Now we'll see if they can keep that momentum going as we've still got about two months till WrestleMania, which will be really interesting to see how that ends up because he's challenging Brock Lesnar. But, of course, they've got the next blood money in the bank in Saudi Arabia where they're going to have title matches and things. We'll see where that all ends up. I'm not going to be watching it, as we've stated many times here on this fine podcast program that you have. But, of course, this time, if they end up turning Drew McIntyre into just a smiling baby face... That's just going to ruin all the momentum they have. I like the edge that Drew McIntyre has had going into this and now winning the Royal Rumble. Keep that edge there. You can still make him a babyface, but you don't have to make him just the smiling goody two-shoes guy. Don't do that. You're going to ruin Drew McIntyre by the time you get to WrestleMania, and then the fans aren't going to like it, and then Brock Lesnar's going to beat him. No, have Drew McIntyre keep the edge and beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. That's how you build a new star and someone you can bank on for the foreseeable future. And the WWE needs that to happen because they just had some, uh, at the top of their board, the president and one of the other people left the company. They're just gone. The stock went from about $62 a share down to about $48 a share. They lost about 20% of their stock price because of some of these shakeups. So the WWE is going to need to figure something out and do it soon to get that stock price back up, or else some of these TV deals might fall by the wayside. I'm sure Fox and USA have some out clauses there. So we'll see where all that shakes up. But just they got to stop with Brock Lesnar. I've talked about this ad nauseum already. He's not moving the needle. He shows up. He was there on Raw for about 20 seconds. Got a full paycheck for it, I'm sure. You know, through Ricochet, who he's facing at uh, at the next Saudi Arabia show in a few weeks. 
And then that's it. So Brock Lesnar, still the smartest man, but Vince needs to realize that he doesn't move the needle. It's not worth the money to do it. Use that to build some new stars. That's why Drew McIntyre needs to beat him big at WrestleMania. That's going to wrap up this episode of Modern Day Gladiators. Thank you for putting up with me and my failing voice. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. And of course, like, subscribe, share. Give us those five-star reviews. But until next time, too sweet. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye-bye.